Now back to today's JMO Radio Show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Back with us, John Morris Show on a Wednesday. As we've said, drive carefully out there. Travel safe. Not the best travel conditions for the Kansas Jayhawks women's basketball team to come to Waco, but they are uh, reportedly here and ready for the game tonight, 7 o'clock this evening in the Farrell Center, Baylor and KU. As we've mentioned, uh, free admission to fans coming in tonight, parking, first come, first serve. So uh, don't rush to the game and don't uh, put yourself out there. But if you feel comfortable uh, driving to the game, it is free admission tonight for the game. Uh, let's well, let's get the Kansas side of things. Welcome in the play-by-play voice for Kansas women's basketball. Stephen Davis joins us now. Stephen, welcome and thanks for your time. Oh, thank you, John. And yes, I can confirm KU women's basketball is in Waco. We we made it and uh, ready to go for this game tonight. Uh, hopefully, uh, some folks will will show up. But uh, as you said, uh, drive safely. That's uh, that's priority number one for yeah. everybody. Uh, stay safe in this weather. Yeah, absolutely. Did y'all have any hurdles uh, getting here? I'm, I think you came in yesterday, right? Any hurdles getting to Waco? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it was not a normal trip. Uh, instead of flying right into Waco, we had to fly into Houston oh, yesterday gosh. and then uh, make the little bus drive up from Houston. The, the 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 drive wasn't too bad until the last oh forty five minutes or so. Then it was a little more slow going on the highway. But uh, everything good in town. But uh, yeah, a little uh, a little hurdle as you would call it, uh, having to fly to a different destination and bus on in. Yeah, that's more than the little hurdle. Uh, usually, what hour and a half charter flight coming in. But now you go to Houston, then you got a three or three or more hour bus ride at the end of the flight. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it, it threw everybody off a little bit, but uh, this team's a veteran team. They just kind of roll with it. We had some entertainment on the bus. They were able to put the men's game uh, on the TVs on the bus while we were driving up, uh, and stopped at a Bucky's on the way. So ah. <laughs> you know what? That almost makes it worth it. Almost makes it worth <laughs> going to Houston to be able to stop at a Bucky's. Absolutely, absolutely. It was, uh, you know, for as many minor league baseball trips as I've been on yeah. the state of Texas, when they said we we're going to stop at a Bucky's, when the bus driver hopped on the mic and said we were stopping, I'm like, this trip is a good trip. I, don't care what <laughs> I agree. That's great. Uh, okay, uh, I, I look forward to seeing you at the Farrell Center, and uh, we're going to go over pronunciations before uh, our oh, broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just looking at the roster, man, and uh, golly, I mean, you could have a – Hatsi Leonte passing to Kurskeeter to Papa Dapulu to to Legdi to Ajekwu. I mean, you you got some names, and I'm guessing that translates into a pretty international roster for KU. Yeah, it's about half and half of uh, players who are domestic origin and half from international. Now, interestingly, it's a, an all-American starting five lately for the Jayhawks, with the bench mostly being comprised of international players, but. Uh, yeah, even some of the, the the domestic players from the U.S., Holly Kurzgeeters from Sand Springs, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you get some some tricky names in there as well. So, and Tiana Jackson, not the easiest first name uh, in the world. There, yeah, it's a, it's a long pronunciation guide that our, our sports information director Doug Self has to put together uh, for KU women's basketball. But it's one that, that once you get it down tonight, JMO, you'll be on it. Yeah, on that TV broadcast, and uh, hopefully you, you, it won't be too much for you to pick up there at the start. Well, good. I appreciate your confidence in me. Thank you for that. Uh, and and uh, Tiana Jackson, the one that you mentioned, not in the even in the pronunciation guide, but golly, is she having a great year for you? 
Yeah, she's uh, she's fantastic uh, in a word. She she was a JUCO transfer a year ago. She's legitimate post presence, not only uh, with size but with athleticism. Uh, and last year, she was a really good defender. She was the first Jayhawk ever to make the Big 12 all-defensive team. She set the school record for blocks in a season. And then over the summer, she and uh, the associate head coach for KU, Terry Nooner, worked in the gym every day. They'd get at it for a good, solid, hard 45 minutes working on offensive stuff. And she looks like a different player this season. She's really a, a force now at both ends of the floor. Uh, she's right there among the, the three leading scorers for KU, averaging about 15 points a game. She averages 12 and a half rebounds, but that number is 14 and a half in conference play. Wow. She's just so active on the glass at both ends. And it's not just the height that she has, the length of her arms, but she's one of the quickest and fastest players on the court. She would tell you she's probably the fastest or second fastest player on KU's team. And you can watch her run the floor and you'll see it. Uh, she's quick going for a rebound. She's one of those players who can start on one side of the lane and the rebound will come off the other side, and she'll be there to get it. And then that's where the height and the reach comes in for her, and she's got a pretty soft touch. Uh, she's shooting well over 60%, up close to 65% this season. Uh, she's the, the the difference maker for this KU team that allows them to compete with uh, anybody in the Big 12 and really gives them a, a chance to compete with almost anybody in the country because she brings such a different uh, flavor to the basketball that – KU has had in recent years with uh, with her impact at both ends. Wow. Let's looking at some of her accomplishments already. 13 double-doubles in 19 games. She leads the Big 12 in blocks, rebounds, field goal percentage, and double-doubles. Third in the nation, Division One in rebounds, and fifth in block shots. Uh, must be a real defensive uh, uh, force down low for KU. Yeah, absolutely. And the teams, you know, the, the Iowa States and the K-States of the world will try to put five shooters on the court and bring her away from the basket, mm -hmm. which is one way to loosen things up because KU is one of the top shot-blocking teams in the country. I was looking at the stats today, and it's weird to see Kansas in women's basketball up near the top of the league in block shots and Baylor down by the bottom. Mm -hmm. But that's the situation we've got tonight, and she's such a presence with her ability to not only block shots, but early in the season, especially in the non-conference, teams would go in there and realize this was not a great idea to go in and challenge her, and they'd adjust their shots. So she had games where she might get two block shots, but alter 10, 15, maybe even 20 shots uh, just from people having to adjust when they got inside. Now in Big 12 play, a few more teams have gone right at her, and she's had some bigger games in terms of block shots with three, four, or five block shots. Last game against K-State, she didn't have any, uh, which was kind of unique. But again, K-State was playing five perimeter players most of the time, and she was having to run out to the three-point line to challenge shots a lot of the evening. We got you. That's uh, Tayana Jackson. Watch for her tonight. Wears number one on her uh, KU jersey. How about Holly Kurskeeter, uh preseason All-Big 12? And uh, now that's a name that our fans may remember just because she's been around a while, and she's been very, very good. Yeah, that's the thing about this KU team. They've been around a while. They've been pretty good. Holly Kurzgeeter and I'd lump Zakaya Franklin in with her as well. Uh, they're both going to get a lot of touches. They're both going to get a lot of shots tonight. They both average 14 or 15 points a game, and they're both fourth-year players. They came in when Brandon Schneider was still trying to get this program off the ground and get it back to some winning ways, and they've been a part of some struggles. They were a part of the resurgence last season that saw – KU women's basketball make the NCAA tournament for the first time in a decade, uh, and they feel like they have unfinished business. And the fact they're in their fourth year 
nothing phases them. The, the flight difficulties yesterday and having to take an extra three-hour bus ride, not going to bother them. They've seen everything. They've been through everything in college basketball. They, they know exactly what it takes, uh, and they've faced Baylor all these times and never had any success against the Bears. So, uh, obviously, Holly Kersgeter is a very talented player, very good at the offensive end, but it has become a rebounding force uh, as well. She's the complement to Jackson when, when it seems like if KU gets a rebound and it's not Tiana Jackson, it's usually Holly Kurzgeter grabbing it. Uh, she had her third double-double of the season on Sunday in the last ball game for the Jayhawks, uh, and she's very capable of putting up 7, 8, 10, 12 rebounds uh, in any given night too. Stephen Davis, our guest, play-by-play voice for Kansas women's basketball, Baylor KU women's hoops tonight in the Farrell Center. And uh, tell me what you remember about the first meeting of the year. This is the, you know, starting the second half of the round robin schedule. I remember that was a huge win for Baylor to go in there and and win over a ranked Kansas team. Uh, I think at the time Kansas was higher ranked than Baylor. Uh, that first meeting on January seventh, Baylor that week beat two ranked opponents on the road, Kansas and Oklahoma. It was a really big week. What uh, what stands out to you? What do you remember about that first game? Yeah, the, the first thing that comes to mind is exactly what you said, that both teams were ranked and KU was ranked higher. And it yeah. was just kind of shocking to look at that going in. But as you said, Baylor was coming in off a road win at Oklahoma, was playing really well. Uh, and KU was looking back to last season when they almost beat Baylor in Allen Fieldhouse. Felt like they almost should have won that game a season ago. Uh, and honestly, Baylor was the much better team in the first game this year. They were tougher. Uh, they, they owned the backboards and just crushed KU in the rebounding stats. Uh, but the thing, honestly, that I remember, uh, and looking back at the box score today from that first game, both teams did not substitute a lot. It, mm. it was the starters playing almost the entire way for both sides. Baylor's three starting guards played all 40 minutes in that game. Andrews, uh, Owens, and Asbury played all 40 minutes. Franklin and Kurzgeter for KU played all 40 minutes in that game. There was a lot of 33, 35-plus minute lines for some of the other starters in that one. So, It'll be interesting to see if things shake out differently tonight because it uh, looks like both coaches have been trying to get their benches involved a little bit more or if they go, hey, this is a big one tonight. We know we need our, our big guns out there more if you see the starters uh, a little bit more. And the other thing that stands out, obviously, is uh, Little Page Bugs was a big factor in that game. And, and, and as I'm sure you know, when she plays well, Baylor's a much different team, and she had a huge double-double in Lawrence in that yeah. first meeting. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, okay, so Kansas comes in 14-5, and 4-4 four and four in Big 12 conference play. It's a game behind Baylor. Baylor at 5-3 and three in the Big 12 standings coming in tonight. But uh, most recent game, uh, you guys knocked off Kansas State on Sunday, Sunday afternoon in Allen Fieldhouse. I texted you and David Lawrence. I was listening to the game on Sunday. <laughs> and lo and behold, the lights went out in Allen Fieldhouse uh, my yeah. first, I laughed because we had a similar situation in the Farrell Center this year. A men's game against Oklahoma State, the lights went out. Very similar deal. Uh, the the delay was about the same length. You have to wait for the lights to cool off, and then you flip them back on. Uh, how was that for you on Sunday? It was it was unexpected to say the least, right. uh, and the timing of it was the the oddest part because the first quarter had just concluded. And it was about five seconds after the horn sounds, teams start walking to their benches, and the lights go down. And David Lawrence and I kind of looked at each other like, oh, they're doing some kind of presentation right, or ceremony. Right. And then it dawned on us both that, wait, they never t- 
turn the lights down in the field <laughs> right. house. We've never seen this before. And sure enough, one of the officials immediately walked over to the scorer's table and started asking for facilities going, is this an issue or can we get these lights back on right away? Uh, and they were on it immediately and came over and they're like, hey, it's going to be about 15 minutes. We're going to send the teams to the locker rooms. And it basically became kind of like playing hockey. Yeah. We played the first <laughs> quarter, had a 15-plus minute break, played the second quarter, had 15-plus minutes for halftime, then we played the rest of the game. So yeah. uh, hopefully we don't have to go through that again, but it was uh, it was unique. It was kind of fun. Um, and, you know, it, it all works out when you end up winning the game. I don't sure. know if right. they would say they had as much fun <laughs> with it. But, yeah, talking to the players, they say they just went back in the locker room, tried to stay loose and uh, have some fun, and then – uh, coach came in, talked for about five minutes, and went back out and warmed up again. So uh, you just got to go with the flow with whatever happens. But let's keep the lights on tonight. Can we do that? At uh, least? Yes, that's the plan. That is absolutely okay. the plan going in. So, But you know how plans uh, sometimes work. Did you find out later, I mean, what was the reason for the uh, for the outage? Ours was like a not a city-wide, but uh, there, were, there were pockets around the city that lost power at the same time the Farrell Center did. Uh, was that uh, exclusive to Allen Fieldhouse, or was it more widespread? No, it was. I never got an explanation on what it was. There was no power outage around town, and the rest huh. of the lights in the building were on. The, the scoreboard, the video board, the huh. shot clock, all the ad display panels on the tables around the court, and, and all the entryways, those were all still on. It was just the lights on the ceiling that illuminate the court to allow you to play. Interesting. It was almost as though a switch had been flipped. It got bumped or something. I don't know. I never got an explanation, but it was so odd because everything else was on. There wasn't a pop. There wasn't any concern about getting the lights back on with with any urgency. So uh, I think it was definitely just an isolated incident that day. Interesting. Well, gives you stories to tell, and you and David filled uh, filled the time admirably. So well done. And hopefully we play uh, 40 minutes tonight and don't have any extended delays. Hey, it is great to visit with you. It's great to have you in town. Look forward to seeing you at the Farrell Center this evening. And uh, thanks again for being on on with us. Absolutely, John. Honored to be on with you. Looking forward to seeing you tonight and uh, seeing how this game plays out. Same here. And my best to your mom and dad. You know I love your dad and respect him as much as anybody in the business. So uh, give my best to them, please. Absolutely. We'll see you tonight, Jamie. All right. Thanks very much. Stephen Davis with us, uh, does play-by-play for Kansas women's basketball, Baylor and KU tonight, 7 o'clock in the Farrell Center. Our broadcast, the Baylor broadcast, uh, beginning at 6.30 right here on ESPN Central Texas. That's Derek Smith and Sophia Young-Malcolm. Television on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus. Jim Haller and I, we look forward to that and uh, look forward to the game tonight, Baylor and KU.